0: Hey, hockey moms, welcome back to Blue Line Hockey Club, episode 14, brought to you by Between the Buns in Potsdam.
1: Hello, this is Dan Martin for Between the Buns in Downtown Potsdam to tell you about our new menu. It's got plenty of new items. How about a grilled chicken sandwich marinated in our special sauce? Makes your mouth water just thinking about it. How about a nice pastrami sandwich? We take our own briskets, brine them for five days, and then slow cook them for 24 hours to perfection. Our new menu is designed with you in mind. We've got fan favorites and chef favorites. And because it's Tuesday, that means it's open mic night at Between the Buns, located behind Hot Tamale.
0: We have the usual suspects with us tonight. Robbie P. Peters, our nerd on staff, taking care of our IT issues. Peters, what's up? Eh,
2: yeah.
0: Robbie. Yeah,
2: what's going on, guys?
0: <laughs> All right, so we also have Uncle Lardy, Patrick Sullivan, with us. He is our producer. Patrick yeah. up. And your host, Mark the Doctor Morley, special guest with us tonight, oh doctor, special guest with us tonight, Clayton Keller coming from uh, Vegas out there for the NHL awards, so Clayton how are you? Pretty good, how are you? Doing well man, we really appreciate you taking some time while you're out in Vegas before the awards to uh, speak to the Blue Line Hockey Club. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot man. No problem. So uh, we just want to have some questions for you get into a little bit of, uh, you know, what you're up to. And, you know, being a guy from Chesterfield, Missouri, um, are you pretty close to St. Louis there?
3: Yeah, I'm actually uh, really close. I actually grew up on Illinois side. So I'm about 15 minutes from uh, St. Louis and I grew up playing hockey uh, in the Chesterfield area. And um, it's pretty
0: close to my house. Did you uh, play with the Kachuk boys out there?
3: Matthew, yeah, I played maybe? with uh, both both of the Kachuk boys. Um, I played with uh, Matthew for a couple of years. Um I actually played up with the 97s growing up, and then I went down for a year to to go to Wee Quebec again, and uh, Brady was actually playing up on our team because um, he was a 99, and we were on the 98 team, so um, it was pretty cool to play with both of them.
0: We had Brady on. Uh, probably about a month ago now. And he's uh, getting ready for the draft this coming week. So he's getting fired up. He was uh, just getting ready for the combine when we talked to him. So excited to mm-hmm. see where he goes next week. And, you know, the, the St. Louis. A, fr- Friday, this Friday right?
4: in Dallas. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, so it's crazy to see all these hockey players coming out of St. Louis. And, you know, back when us old fucks were playing, everybody was uh, coming from the East Coast, Minnesota, you know, Um, the the hockey hotbeds and everything's kind of changed so you know it's it's good to see man
3: yeah yeah I mean I think it's pretty crazy how much St. Louis hockey has evolved with having five first round draft picks uh the one year and how we all kind of grew up playing with each other and um we're coached by you know Keith Kachuk and those guys so I mean it was pretty special to be coached by those guys and I think the program's going in the right direction and I um, mean, hockey's uh, booming in Saint Louis right now. Yeah,
0: that's so, awesome.
2: So, Clayton, I'm I'm curious, man. What what was hockey? Uh, when did you first put a stick in your hand? You're you're young now, so I'm assuming it was pretty young, right? What was growing up playing hockey for you like? It, yeah, yeah, I was.
3: Uh, I think I was around four years old, and uh, my mom would always take me to high school hockey games and um ever since then I kind of fell in love with the game and then one of my best friends growing up had uh had a birthday party it was like a I don't know skating party or whatever and um ever since then I kind of fell in love with the game and, I it back um, and... that's all I ever wanted to do
0: then you ended up out in Shattuck's right What
3: yeah yep so uh,
2: the green boy boys you, out
0: there how do you get to
2: Shattuck's what what made you go there
3: yeah so I think I was about uh 14 at the time, and one of the coaches that I had growing up was uh, thinking about taking a job in the USHL, and a couple of my buddies actually were going to go to Shattuck um, that year, and they kind of texted me and said, hey, you should check it out. Um, I didn't really think much of it. I kind of looked into it a little bit more and with my family and uh, realized that maybe I want to do that. I think it'll be a great experience to you know, live on my own at such a young age and be able to mature and um, play with all the other Best kids in, in America that, that go to that school. And um, I mean, you compete for a national championship every year. Your day. Uh, we lost in the finals um, my first year, and then my second year we ended up winning actually. So it was a pretty cool experience.
2: I bet, pretty yeah, impressive you alumni it. list.
0: And Definitely. Yeah. You, know, you had to make some sacrifices at a young age. It's, uh you know, get going away to school and, and leaving your family and then going to the national uh, development program. So uh, that was some that must have been a tough choice. I mean, not, I guess if you're going to play the programs like that, you know, but it's definitely a sacrifice to leave your family to go play hockey, right?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's probably obviously tough leaving home when you're 14 years old and all your friends are back at home. And I mean, you got to, like you said, kind of make sacrifices to get to where you want to be. And um, that's kind of what I've always had to do is make sacrifices, whether it's I'll uh, miss my friend's party, or whatever to uh, go to a hockey game, just little things like that, and it was something that that I was used to, and I almost enjoyed it um, making those sacrifices because I knew that it, it would pay off one day, and um, I and mean, I continue to make sacrifices to this day to to take me to where I want to be. Of course,
2: yeah. Uh, I'm assuming no spring breaks, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish.
4: Hey, Clayton. It's uh. It's Sully, um, two
3: pretty cheap down in Arizona.
4: There's expensive down there.
3: <laughs> oh, Jim. <my God. laughs> Lardy, uh, uh, I, I think it's pretty cheap down there, actually.
4: <laughs> is it? Hey, did you, uh, I know we've been talking about, you know, where you're coming from and shit, but, um, you had a pretty good, uh, year this year, officially your first NHL, uh, year. Talk a little bit about that and just the pace of it and, um, you know, what you had to adjust to. Um I know it was uh Jordan Greenway's first year. Um this year he played a little bit regular season in playoffs and to me playoffs. Playoffs. He was getting fucking knocked around. I mean he got hit a few times and he's a big dude. So just tell us a little bit about, you know, how you how you're able to maneuver those big hits and, you know, the pace of the game in the NHL.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think um... It's it's a really fast, skilled league nowadays, and um, I think the biggest thing that I noticed at first was um, it's just a lot faster than any hockey that I'd ever played. So you have to make decisions quicker. I mean, everything comes comes at you a little bit quicker. I think as as you get a couple of games, I'm sure Jordan said the same thing that when you play a couple of games, you get more comfortable and you realize you can hold on to the puck, you can do everything you've done growing up in hockey, and it's just a matter of getting comfortable and uh, realizing that hey, you can, you can be a great player in this way. You should believe in yourself and um, have confidence doing it. And I think, I don't know my game. I've kind of always been an undersized um, skilled player. And ever since I was six years old, I always had a good hockey IQ and the way I thought the game was something that was special about my game. And um, I continue to use it uh, right now. And I think uh, like that has a lot to, to get me to where I'm at, and um, I think when you have hockey IQ and the skill and the work ethic, I mean, the sky's the limit, and you can you can go wherever you want to go.
4: Yeah, I, I you know, I've heard a bunch of people, Quinn, uh, your current coach right now, um, Rick Tockett, I mean, they they say that you study the game, like you, you know, you, you look at power plays, you look at men down, and kind of, you know, generate ideas of how what we can do better better and things like that is that is that something you do you just like and and i know you're a good golfer too like a scratch golfer is that just something you do that you your passion to just be the best at everything
2: or
3: preparation yeah definitely i've kind of always had that extra motivation i mean when i was growing up everyone said i was too small i was never gonna make it you guys would eventually catch up to me and i don't i have i've just used that as, as motivation and work twice as hard and Shot 100 more pucks and just little things like that, and I've just kind of always had it in me to to almost prove people wrong, and um it's it's something that that I that I like hearing honestly because it just motivates me to work uh, twice as hard.
4: Well, well, you made it, buddy. You get you're in Vegas for the Calder Cup trophy, so
2: congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, big time.
0: Hey, d do you have any uh, experience from your first year? Like, uh, do you remember like a hit where you got blasted? You weren't expecting it. Like, welcome to the league. Like, Green Greenway had from Big Fucklin from Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> it was hard. No hit on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's <it>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I think they both. Hit. I don't
3: know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, that's that's a tough question because there's so many things that happen. Um, I don't know. Obviously you're welcome to the NHL moment It's probably scoring your first goal. That's that's really cool. And um, I don't know, there's maybe one or two hits that really um, rattled me a little bit. But um, I think the way I play the game, I try to avoid um, bad situations. And it's kind of something that I've always done Has been able to use my quickness and my hockey IQ to, to put myself in the right situations.
4: I mean, you're not small Clayton, everyone says you're small. You're 5'10", 5'11", aren't you?
3: Yeah, 5'10", yep.
4: Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, compared to Greenway, the Jolly Green Giant or some of those guys out there, but you're not small, small. I mean, how how tall is Patrick Kane? Does anyone know
3: how tall he is? I think he's 5'11". That's
2: that's a name that uh, Clayton gets compared to often right now is
4: Kane. Sure. Do you bring – you bring your golf clubs, Clayton. You gonna be golfing in Vegas?
3: I was. I'm only here for uh, like two or three days, so um, I've been golfing a lot actually. In uh, Connecticut, I'm training up there this summer, so kind of just go to the gym and then grab a bite to eat and go play some golf. <laughs>
4: oh, so so you're in Connecticut? Yeah. Not now, but I mean this summer.
0: Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Sure. Who are you training with out there?
3: Yeah. Uh, the guy was actually a trainer at uh, BU, uh, Ben Prentice, and um, he kind of was was a great guy to, to me at BU, and he's obviously trained a ton of NHL guys. Um, I mean, just to name a few, I mean, Jonathan Quick, um, Matt Molson, Cam uh, Atkinson, um, I and mean, there's a ton of guys that go there, and um, he's got never heard of gyms, so. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Who are they? <laughs> That's awesome. Did you catch any of the U.S. Open this weekend?
3: Yeah, actually, I went uh, on Friday.
0: You did, um, you lucky
3: of, fuck. Yeah, it was unreal. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun.
4: What day was that?
3: Friday. Oh, Tiger okay. triple. Tiger triple bogey the first hole. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah,
0: he blew up at the end of the round. So you didn't see Phil yeah. run across the green and hit the ball moving. No, I wish I saw that. Oh, I that was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> that course must have been ridiculously hard, man. They were all complaining about it, but I whatever know. the pro golfers. I mean, everyone,
3: it. everyone always thinks that. I mean, it looks so much easier on TV, but when you're actually there, I mean, you feel the wind. There's 20 mile an hour winds, and the greens are so small and have rocks Round. everywhere. Like those guys uh, are so sure. good, they can land at wherever they want and in the perfect spot or else it's completely off the green.
0: Yeah, I love I'm it when a, they end up like three over. It makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of those golf courses
4: that are wide open like that. I like trees uh-huh. and narrow fairways. And th- and then yeah. like Clayton just said that those greens were half circles. I mean, it was like fucking mini pop-pop to <laughs> I mean, to even to even chip up onto it was like in, almost impossible and like you said mark phil mickelson had to fucking i mean he was putting on that green and uh, actually ran to his ball and while it was still moving tried to hit it back into the hole like that's that's what i do at mini papa <laughs> <That's>,
0: <laughs> yeah i think you got some frustrating card. yeah that's usual for me so this is pretty <laughs> exciting man you're out in vegas and uh yeah, going to the awards tomorrow. Um, finalist for the Rookie of the Year. Um, you know that's great for the Arizona organization. I'm Big sure time. they're expecting you to be a, a stud there for quite a while. So, do uh, you ever think you'd be there, going to the NHL awards in your first your first season? I mean, 19 years old. This must be unreal for you.
3: Yeah, um, I think I've kind of always set out um, goals for myself, and that was definitely one of my goals was to have. An impact right away um in the nhl and um put myself in that conversation and um it's awesome to, to be in a conversation with i've made mean, two great players with uh, brock and matt brazel so um i think uh it's, it's a huge honor to be here and uh, i'm just going to try to take it all in hopefully hopefully meet some new guys and uh, have some fun too with, with my family
4: are, are you at the hotel now clayton yes i am Did you see any of the guys or you haven't really had a chance
3: uh, no, I haven't really seen uh, too many of the guys. Um, I kind of just checked in like an hour ago and um, just got some room service. <laughs> I was pretty hungry.
2: Clayton, is there <laughs> anybody that you're, you know, starstruck by? Um, just in the NHL? Just, just in, the, in NHL? the NHL or, I mean, I don't know, maybe now that you're Besides a – Besides me. me. You're meeting some new people.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. That's a tough question. I think, um, I don't know, a wow moment for me probably was – Playing against, I don't know, Sidney Crosby or, or Patrick Kane for the first time. Like, I looked up to those guys growing up since I was seven years old, and on yeah. my wall in the basement, and just playing on the same ice for the first couple of shifts. I was like, "Whoa, this is this pretty is pretty amazing. crazy." So, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: that that was a cool moment for sure.
0: Awesome, we're yeah, all we're, we're all gonna be, Yeah, man, we're gonna be uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna be checking out. We hope you get up on that stage tomorrow. that be uh, that'd be awesome. What do you and, got for uh, a suit,
4: Gucci or Prada or
3: Velvet?
4: What's your suit? You got a Velvet suit or what do you got?
3: Nah, I just got a a blue suit, nice blue suit. Maybe, maybe uh-huh. a pink tie.
4: Ooh, there you go. Wow. Did
0: you did you buy yourself anything uh, that you always wanted when you made it to the NHL? Get yourself a nice sweet car or something like that? Um, yeah, a couple, <laughs> a
3: couple of them. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I got a few things. Um, I got actually in my mom a nice purse uh, for Mother's Day. So that's uh, nice. something some that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, obviously, i parents sacrificed a lot for me. So it's yeah, kind of good, good to, to, uh, to spend, some, spend some money on my mom for, for everything she did. Now, do yeah, you yeah, live you on a golf course, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do. In okay. Arizona, I actually lived right next to a golf course, which was nice, but we didn't play much during the season because I mean, you're always um, yeah. focused, obviously, on hockey and a little bit tired, so you just kind of want to relax on your off days. Nice.
0: You like it in the desert?
3: Yeah, I love it. It's it's great. I mean, every day you're going outside and you have on shorts and a T-shirt and, and flip-flops, so that's that's the best part.
4: Are you one yeah. of the best golfers on your team?
3: Um. Yeah, I'd say I'm in the, in the top five. I'd definitely. I mean, uh, we actually have one, probably one guy that's uh, really close, and he probably could beat me a couple. Like, we'd probably go back and forth. He's, he's a really good golfer, uh, Brad Richardson.
4: Mm. Jordan said he beat you, you one you... year out there or something. <laughs> What's that? Jordan said he beat you the last time you guys golfed. Yeah, right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Maybe if I give him. 20 strokes.
4: <laughs> no, he wore, socks with his, he wore socks with his sandals the last time I golfed with him. I think that helped.
2: I think that helped.
3: Yeah, that, that, that helped for sure. <laughs> the,
0: the last time I remember, he borrowed my clubs because I'm a lefty, and uh, he brought them back. I went to golf the next time, and there was zero balls.
3: <laughs> 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 he must have
0: not played too well. I was like, no. fuck, I don't have any balls. Jesus yeah. Christ.
4: That's so, Clayton, tell, tell us about, like, we got Mark. Uh, these two guys played the uh, D1 lacrosse. I didn't do anything. I got arrested. But they had pretty good um, <laughs> visits when they went to college to kind of have a, you know, their first visit, got drunk. What was yours like at BU? What was your first official visit like?
3: Yeah, um, it was a good time. I think there was five of us that actually came from the program on the official visit. So it was a lot of fun. And I think we were out with Jordan the one, the one, the first night and that they ended up, pl- they ended up playing the next day, but he didn't go out obviously. And then after, after they won the first game of the bean pot, um, we all kind of went out after that. And um, a couple guys lost their phones and wallets. So other than that, I would say. It was, it <laughs> what was, a, what was I mean, your experience? Sure.
0: That's, T- Did you get so drunk standard. or
3: what? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, they def- <laughs> the seniors definitely definitely gave us a few drinks, and um, we weren't feeling too good in the morning for our 5.50 pickup. And um, that was a rough morning. Chad Chris was throwing up in the airport on the kiosk, and it was a bit of a gone show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: Jordan told us to ask you about it so I didn't know if any specifics if you woke up on the middle of uh the street the next day or something.
3: <laughs> no, thankfully I made it back but um I think McAvoy ended up walking back with us. <laughs> Jordan awesome. says
4: McAvoy would get a little tipsy put the biggest chew in from friggin' lip to lip and just you know the thing with with chew or lardy is with me, anyways, you know, I'm at the club or bar having a few beers, and I'm like, ah, I'm gonna sober up and throw in a chew, and then actually send you for a tailspin and fucking. Oops, oops. I, I would have been better off taking a shot of whiskey than throwing in a chew. But Jordan was saying <laughs> McAvoy just throws in the biggest lardy,
0: and just hangs out. He says you gotta be yeah.
3: spent.
0: Gotta be spent. <laughs> he does. So. Hey man, we don't want to keep you. We know you're out in Vegas and You got you got some shit to do, and you know, bunny spend some ranch. time with the guys and your family. Yeah, go bet, go bet on the uh, the sports and and the card games and whatever the hell you can spend your money the bunny on. Bunny
4: Ranch, so, man, that's legal prostitution. Oh, the Bunny it's Ranch, dick yeah.
0: yeah yep. Patrick, oh,
2: boy. Patrick,
0: fuck, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to HL Awards. I don't think he needs to pay for anything. That's true. But hey, late night, you never know. So, hey, Clayton <laughs> Keller from the Arizona IOTES, Thanks, Clayton, uh, for coming on, man.
3: Yeah, no, thanks Thanks for having me. Anytime.
0: Appreciate it, it, It's been fun, buddy. And wish you the best of luck from the Blue Line Hockey Club, and um, we'll be watching tomorrow night. We'll be night, watching, so, yep. So, best of luck, man.
3: Sounds good. Thank Have you. Have a good night.
4: Can't wait to hear All your right.
0: speech.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. You better write it tonight. <laughs> All right.
0: Later, later man, later, thanks. All right. See you guys. Bye. Thanks, Clayton. Well, Clayton Keller from the Arizona Coyotes with us tonight. Um, great interview. Wishing them the best of luck tomorrow night at the NHL Awards. We'll take a quick break
1: from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Hello, this is Dan Martin for Between the Buns in downtown Potsdam to tell you about our new menu. It's got plenty of new items. How about a peanut butter burger? Yes, an old friend is back. Or the mac and cheese burger, our signature burger topped with fried macaroni and cheese. Our new menu is designed with you in mind, including fan favorites and chef favorites. And today is Wednesday. That means it's Wine Down Wednesday with two-for-one wines. And tonight is Pub Quiz Night, with the winning team gets their tab paid for. That's at Between the Buns, located behind Hot tamale.
0: Okay, we're back with the uh, usual suspects here, and uh, just got done with Clayton Keller. And uh, what do you guys think? Pretty good guy, huh?
2: Wow, what a kid! You know what a you know to be in Las Vegas for the NHL awards. Nineteen years old, man, you're on top of the world. He must be. Yeah. Uh, he must be feeling pretty good right now.
4: Do you imagine being that yeah. young, being there? His his biggest purchase. Can you be any more modest or humble? I bought my mom a purse.
2: I bought my mom a purse, right? Yeah. he had a yeah. fucking, I
4: think, out You know, Mercedes. we've been
2: talking about the the toughness of, of hockey players. And, you know, I because I'm a hockey player or was a hockey player or, you know, tr- used to think. You, t- it, so well, you play in the Iron League And August. I in the right? Iron League, right? Yeah. Going to <laughs> hockey camp this summer. Well, oh, I yeah, heard on the radio. Man. I finally am convinced that you know I'm I'm not just overthinking or over overhyping hockey players. So, the, one of the NHL players in the finals got their finger cut off, the pinky, the top of their finger, and yeah. apparently they sewed it up and he continued to play. Right. So you compare yeah. that to the little pussies that in soccer they get a you know they get breathed on and start tumbling down the field and they roll around, oh, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. Well, these guys fucking had their finger cut off, sewed back on, <laughs> and continued to play and didn't miss a shift. Well, maybe Where we shift.
0: That's, Where was this story going, though? <laughs> Where were that's we going? That's the NHL
2: that? finals right there.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. So, I mean, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a kid going from Shattuck's to the development program to you, NHL, um, obviously going to be a star in a league for a long time, so. He's climbing. Um, right now, wishing yeah. him the best of luck. That's awesome. Yep. That's great. I hope he wins it tomorrow. He, too,
4: got arrested tonight for petty larceny at Mobile or something? I think it was Grand <laughs> Larceny. <laughs> oh, was it Grand, was it Grand Larceny?
2: Grand, yep. Yeah. Over What did he um, take from Stewart?
4: it Kyle porn? <laughs> I guess he took, like, a lot of
0: chips and stuff from Stewart.
2: <laughs> I think there were score bars yeah. he took.
0: Poor kid. So we talked a little bit about the U.S. Open. Um, you know, that was kind of crazy. The players were all bitching that the course was too too hard and that no one could, you know, finish under. And, I mean, that's great, though. I mean, like I said, I, like, I hate it when the when it ends up like 15 under for the winner. I mean, that yeah, takes that's the true. fun out of it. You know, like I like to see it close to even. You know, like I said, it makes me feel better about how bad I am. But, you know, I well, mean, the yeah, U.S. Open yeah. is always the hardest start
2: when a course neutralizes you like that and the scores come in around par, doesn't that mean that, you know, the course was actually fair and that everybody played, you know, everybody struggled through that. You know, I have a hard time, you know, I, I see both sides, but I have a hard time gutting, you know, the course, the conditions were too fucking bad for me to to to, to be 12 under. Too fucking bad. That's the way everyone
4: else. uh, Everyone else is playing the same course. Right.
2: Right. Everybody else struggled. You know, it, it was a challenging course. Apparently that day, it might've been windy. Well, guess what? You're also playing the conditions. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, And the thing is too, you know, like we talked about hockey on this, on this podcast, but you know, hockey players play, play against other hockey players and you know, that's their, you know, competition where these golfers, they're playing against the course, you know? So, if you're a hockey player and you're playing against like Sidney Crosby or one of the best defensemen in the league, if you're an offensive player, I mean, you got to be on your game and he's the best and he scores on you, then, you know, what the fuck? That's competition. So, you know, if the course is, is hard as hard as it is, you know, that's because of the the best of the best. And it should be as hard as possible, you know, because golf is a frustrating game and every every amateur out there. Is frustrated as fuck when they play golf I know I am you know I go out to have a good time by the end I'm like why did I come here but
3: yeah
2: you
0: know it's I like I like the frustration on them as pros you know for us amateurs to watch it and be like you know they do struggle you know but I like it when they fucking
2: when, when you're minus 13 the course was too easy I'm sorry it's just if, if everybody's shooting you know minus 10 or 11 or 12, then the course was set too easy. I just, I don't yeah, I and didn't it, get it. I mean, it's not every every weekend this is happening.
4: I mean, what was it? Friday, there was only three players that were um, below par. It's, it's, it's the U.S. Open, and that's that golf course. Um, yeah,
0: Shinnecock Hills. Every, yeah. Yeah, every year with the U.S. Open, no matter what, cor- what course it is, They narrow the fairways, they make the greens fast as shit, they grow the rough six inches high, and that's the U.S. Open, and that's how it's supposed to be played, and that's why it's the hardest tournament in the majors. So, I mean, next year when it's not a major tournament, Shinnecock Hills will not be as hard because no one will play it. You know, you're not going to get amateurs or, you know, people that are really good golfers. They might be scratch golfers. They don't want to go play there if it's, you know, too hard. You know, people yeah, don't want exactly. to play a course like that. So, I mean, they change the course for the pros, you know, when they come in, they, they change the whole thing and, you know, everything's changed. You know, they have a, a year to prepare and, you know, the next year after they change it back for, for their members and everybody. So, you know, whatever. That's shout, out
4: to, shout outs to Brooks Kepka. I mean, he played great, came back, kind of J- Jason Day of his life depended on it and, Brooks Kepta, uh, I mean, this is the second um, win on the tour. So it might be his second USA win, but uh, he doesn't get much uh, publicity or, you know, but he's always up there. If you watch golf every week, he's in the top 15. So it's he great to see last him year. win. Yeah. Did he win last year? so. I he's got so. two, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he I, won. I know it's only two he wins he's got. he got two majors. So...
0: Cool for him. We got yeah,
4: um, Rob's favorite thing in. going on right now—the World Cup. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, A big soccer guy. <laughs> played one, Pee Wee.
4: That's funny, Mike, because you played yeah, football and your brother played soccer, right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I never played that's, much soccer.
4: How did that but, happen? Well, how did you, How did Matt play soccer and you play football?
0: Z uh, recruited me because I was kind of big when I was a little kid, so. They just gave oh, okay. me the ball every fucking uh, the shit kicked out of me every play. <laughs> so, so, Young-Z was your
4: lacrosse coach, right?
0: Yeah. So, then he, uh, I played, like, you know, fifth grade football for him. Then we didn't have lacrosse till seventh grade, but he brought me out in sixth grade because I was a little bit bigger. But that's kind of how I all got my career got started for lacrosse. So, you know, I owe it to him, kind of. So, he, uh, the World Cup, Mexico beat Germany. Yeah, yeah Mexicans. Uh-huh. It must be they didn't all, in a, all sneak into the United States I guess and they still got some people over there
4: uh, the some over players. there <laughs> that was that, that was pretty big because Germany won the World Cup in 2014 so for Mexico to beat them is pretty good and Germany actually hasn't done anything they're actually in group F um, this year Mexico's on top followed by Sweden South Korea and Germany's in dead last in Group F, so everyone's pretty surprised with uh, um, that loss that they had, but um, I don't know. It's, there's the, so much
0: controversy with Donovan in Mexico? He,
4: yeah, he was, of course, he played for Team USA, so he's always played for Team USA. He's a defenseman or midfield. I think he's a defenseman, and uh, I want to say... Four years ago, he got caught or something, or I don't know, a little some bad taste in his mouth. He and, didn't, uh, anyways, yeah,
2: He got cut. He didn't make the U.S. team, and then they went on to lose. Right. So he, so he
4: actually went to Mexico and played club or semi-pro soccer. Plus, he's Spanish, um, speaks Spanish, and uh, so the controversy is that he's been in Mexico. Uh, well, the World Cups in Russia, for everyone that doesn't know. But he's been at the Mexico games with Mexican gear on, holding the Mexican scarf. Actually, I think he had a Wells Fargo shirt on with the Mexican scarf. So everyone was kind of pissed off that former teammates, um, other USA soccer players, fans, kind of saying, "What the fuck are you doing?" That's you know our that's our rival, our next door neighbors. And we get treated so poorly when we go down there, they throw piss on us. Cups of piss, rocks, and uh, you're supporting them. So that was a controversy. I can see, I think he's just doing it for money. I mean, he's got a World Cup is like the Olympics, right? In the sports world, it's all about fucking money. And, I mean, what's the check that Wells Fargo probably got him to wear that shirt? Because he was on TV numerous times during the game. So fuck him. If If that was me, fuck it, yeah. Give me a check for $500,000. i will wear a Wells Fargo shirt.
0: <laughs> I think the U.S. is going to get the the World Cup in 2026, so that might be their only chance to get in the World Cup. If they don't get their shit together.
2: It's a North American you know, we talk Cup, about. isn't it? Isn't it between Canada, U.S., and Mexico, and U.S. is supposed to get 80% of the games or something like that? I don't know, to be honest
4: with you.
0: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's kind of like the Olympics and bounces around, but um, the women have been awesome. You know, big controversy with the women's soccer program for the U.S. They get paid like a third what the men's players get. And, uh, you know, they they say, well, we get bigger crowds. We, you know, we generate more marketing money, but they're the ones winning the World Cup. So, you know, it's, uh, it's
4: like a shift of the money somewhere. Shift of the money, I think.
0: Yeah, they been. I think they had a lawsuit and everything else, uh, like class class action. If I can say that. Um,
4: they went on. They went on straight.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's shitty to see us not even in the event. You know, I usually I'm not a big soccer guy, but I'll watch it. You know, because I watch U.S. You know, and root for them. And you know, it's another sport on when hockey's over, and uh, kind of sucks they're not in it.
4: Yeah, I mean. I grew up me and my two brothers we were pretty big soccer players, all pretty good at soccer I don't get I don't get too involved in the World Cup but not having USA in it is just kind of it's kind of unreal it's kind of weird I know the World Cups on but it's kind of like I don't care because USA's not in it but uh, I wanted to dad in that that messy place for Argentina he actually uh, had a penalty kick in the second half. And uh, didn't score, and actually Argentina tied Iceland, which is I don't know what the odds were on that. But if somebody put some money on the over/under on that game, they probably walked away with some money.
0: Yeah, better check message bank account on that one.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's getting, how it, works.
0: it Might be getting a lot of money today. So see if, yeah, see if there's any transactions. You ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. <laughs> I'm sure it counts. Well, so uh, let's uh, finish up on some NHL news tonight, Pat. You want to get into a little bit of the uh, issues in- and? Yeah, the the biggest thing that came
4: out was Barry Trotz resigned as the head coach of the Capitals, which, every, I mean, he he was becoming a uh, his contract was up, so
2: yeah, they were talking they about that. before the before they got to the finals. You know what was going to happen?
4: I guess I heard that. They had a little tissy between the management and trots, you know, midway through the season into playoffs a little bit. So that might uh, that might have been a little stain on his uh his shirt or something. But um, they gave they offered him a two year extension, but I don't I don't know how much it was. I don't know if that's public or not, but obviously it was pretty low. I mean the average salary of a coach in the NHL is about five million dollars a year which he's worth. Um, and he actually declined. So it could, I mean, who knows, they they might have offered him $5 million, but the stain on his shirt from, you know, this year, you know, the arguments and disagreements, right. upper management might have sent him on his way. But the biggest thing is that, you know, us being from New York and you being a Rangers fan, Mark, is what do you think about, you know, the Rangers missing out on this? Yeah, they just hired David Quinn from Boston University as their head coach. But if they would have waited out a little bit longer, they I bet you they easily could have signed Barry Trotz. Um, so what do you say, Quinn, Trotz? I mean, that's a conversation piece. It's
3: yeah.
0: too late now. Well, well, yeah, it is too late. But, you know, Trotz has uh, definitely, you know, sealed his deal in the NHL as a coach, and he's proven himself to be a – you know possibly a hall of famer at some point and uh quinn you know he's he's been an all-star in, in college hockey but he's also had you know a lot of, of a lot of talent and hasn't won um as much as i think he should have so i think one good thing for the rangers might be their rebuilding and quinn is a rebuilding guy i mean he brings in talent and the, the talent that he brought to bu is amazing i mean people that the kids that went to BU to play the, the best of the best wanted to go to BU to play for Quinn so I'm hoping that he can um, use his recruiting skills to work with the GM and you know work on some trades and and rebuild the Rangers you know to be an awesome young team so you know in that aspect in the rebuilding phase um, that might be the, his uh, strength and catapult the Rangers to the next level and get them back in the playoffs so you know, it's two sides of it. You, know, you get the coach that's proven himself or you get a guy and give him a chance and, you know, see if he can, you know, continue the the talent that he's been able to bring in. But can he win with the talent that comes in? That's the question, I think.
4: Big, big day on Friday for the Rangers. They got NHL draft coming up this Friday. We actually got a pretty busy night or busy week. We got the NHL awards coming up. This Wednesday, eight p.m. on NBCSN. That's going to be pretty exciting. Then you got the uh, Rob's favorite thing, where he gets naked and eats Cheetos. The NBA draft, and then you got the NHL draft on Friday and Saturday. So Rob's going to be tired for the NHL draft with the Cheetos, but
2: yeah, but I'll eat as many bags as I need to, <laughs> just, to be, just to get.
4: through going
2: just
0: to get. It's going to
4: be pretty fun. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, but.
0: Yeah, it's a. I think it's a lock for the, the like we talked about the first pick, the Buffalo pick. Yeah. I think that's pretty much a lock. But hopefully, we're guys to be guys getting the, it. Yeah, first round pick every year. Like, should we should we
4: record an episode for next year when
2: draft? We better not. We'll just play the
0: this, Just play the same the same clip. We'll pull it out and just replay it. <laughs>
2: Let me tell you, this time next year. If we're back here in Buffalo at a fucking awful, awful season, I'm going to be tearing those guys a new asshole.
4: We'll get oh. someone right on the horn. Get Jack Eichel on the horn.
2: Yeah, yeah. get Brett Ricky.
4: Yeah, get me Brett.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the Rangers have the ninth pick. Um, kind of excited to see who they ended up picking up. Um, you know, ninth, ninth pick still get a pretty stellar pick. So I'm excited to see see what happens. Arizona. Uh, Clayton's team they got they got the fifth pick so you know he's a stud rookie and they got a chance to get another one so who knows it could be Brady Kachuk his teammate from St. Louis you know I I did see that Brady could
4: be going yeah I wouldn't be surprised if Brady goes down there they can they play together minor hockey they played together national team development program um, they didn't play together at BU but kind of the same connection, I guess. They know each other, they're familiar with each other, comfortable with each other. I don't know, it's that's a, that's a good choice for Arizona, we'll see.
0: Yeah, we have uh, Montreal of the third pick and uh, we were just talking about Montreal. Uh, you wanna elaborate on that trade they just made, Pat? Yeah, so we just had
4: uh, Clayton Keller on here and uh, actually you know, playing for the Coyotes Arizona traded uh, Max Domi for Alex Galchenyuk, which is a pretty big trade. I mean, if you if you put them each on a scale, I mean, they're both going to teeter back and forth. I don't think anyone's going to fall to the bottom. Um, Domi's definitely a little bit better, uh, points-wise. Rookie year, he was up for the Calder Trophy. He was actually sixth in voting, so. uh, 45 points, nine goals, 36 assists, and 82 games. Um, he had, he has kind of gone down from his first year, but I don't know. Domi was going to become a, a free agent uh, July, you know, July 1st, whenever everyone becomes free agents, which will be interesting to see coming up. So you know, I was talking to Rob earlier, you know, as an owner. Do we get rid of him now since we still own him and we can get something for him? Or do we, you know, hopefully get the wink wink that he's going to sign the contract with us and come back? Or do we just fucking lose out? You know, didn't even get a hot dog for him. So, um, I don't know. Galchenyak, he's pretty good too. So, I just just think Montreal kind of got the better of this trade. And then it's kind of weird. Just Montreal. Trade so much these days. Um, Lars Eller's, PK Subban, now Galchenyuk. It's they don't they don't keep anyone anymore and try to get that
0: chemistry ball rolling. It's just just so fucking trade happy. It's kind of weird now. Yeah, and it hasn't helped them out. I mean, they've been struggling in the in the recent years. And you know, the people in Montreal they still pack the arena, but you know they Sold gotta out be every getting yeah, it's got to be frustrating. It's kind of like the Leafs, you know, they were sold out every year and they sucked forever. And, uh, you know, I talked to some people from Toronto and they said, you know, the, the corporations buy all the seats in the in the lower level, you know, so they're sold out. But a lot of times you go to the games and the lower level's not in full because people don't show up, you know, because they're just all corporate seats. But as the owners in the organization, they were making money hand over fist because, you know, they didn't have to win to make money. But, you know, I think they've changed the way they feel about that. And, uh, you know, they're trying to to rebuild and, you know, create a, you know, a Leafs team from from years past. And, you know, they showed it this year with some young talent. And so they're turning it around, but I don't see the Canadians following suit. No, it's unfortunate.
4: You know, I'm a a big Bruins fan. And um, I grew up in upstate New York, hour and 40 minutes from Montreal. Never been there. To the arena, um, but Montreal has kind of been a part of me a little bit just because it. You know, when I was a kid growing up, we would always go to Montreal and down uh, <clears throat> Saint Catherine Street and party and drinking. Ages 18, so we've been going there forever. Club Said Super you're Sex <laughs> Club Super Sex with the escalator, three floors.
2: Oh yeah, um, we we've go that
4: place for. <clears <clears <throat> but just just the whole Montreal Canadian. i to like, run out of money. Did, they're like the New York Yankees of baseball, you know. That stadium sells out. The fans are so loyal. They're so intense. I mean, they wear scarves like the European soccer guys. I mean, it's I was just, uh,
2: I was actually at a Bruins uh, – You did
4: go. I remember that.
2: Playoff game in 2003. Wow. The, the Bruins won. Oh, yeah. But let me tell you, the Canadians' atmosphere is, is you know – it's pretty amazing. Uh, our seats were pretty awesome. We walked out ground level and went down to our seats and it was the Molson Center at the time, so you know, beer was just flowing like the flock of whatever that is, Capistrano or whatever.
0: It <laughs> a lot of beer, a lot of beer.
2: A lot of booze.
0: <laughs> don't remember the third period, but the first and half of the second were pretty good.
2: Right home, it was an hour and hour and 40 minutes mm-hmm. home too.
0: Head out the window, puking the whole time.
2: Well, if you close
4: one eye, you can usually keep your eye on that white line.
2: Pretty sure we went through the native lane that night. <clears throat> I was native that night. Express pass. Express pass, yeah. Good time there. Well, in, fellas, that we had atmosphere it. Is, that, that atmosphere is pretty amazing, though. I'll, I'll say that again.
0: Yeah, a lot of the Canadian rinks are like that. You know, the only one I think that might not be is Vancouver, but don't quote me on that. Maybe it is, but you know, Winnipeg, uh, Calgary, Toronto, Ottawa. Ottawa actually is probably the weakest one. They can't even sell yeah. out up there. But Canadians That's love the hockey. They,
2: they love
0: Winnipeg. The, yeah, I think Ottawa's going to move their their arena to uh, downtown. Messina. They're trying to. Yeah, Messina, that'd be nice. <laughs> then I could go to a go to a game. <laughs> So, hey, what an episode, guys. We had uh, Clayton Keller on tonight. Um, you know, hopefully he's the rookie of the year for the NHL. And, uh, you know, we'll be back next week talking hockey. Tell all your friends. We are on iTunes. So get on there and subscribe to Blue Line Hockey Club. And uh, check us out on Facebook. Share our posts and uh, follow us on Twitter. And until next time, keep your stick on the ice. See you, boys. See ya. Keep your head up.
3: So Clayton. No.